I was born down in the handle I was brought up by the strap When the devil starts to show up in your dreams Then it's hard to get your dreams back If I lost my sense of wonder You can blame it on the banks Cause the scammers and the skimmers all swim around together And every dealer has a fish tank The numbers never lie but they also never tell the whole truth Deanna's in the passenger side with the buffalo blues She said the guys that she'll be meeting with won't be easily impressed And if your whole thing's where you're coming from They'll wonder why you left Used to play first-person shooters I'd spend days inside the games The speed made my head like a cockpit computer Till the wings came off the plane I was deep and dead and desperate Met some hasher and his henchmen Put on my only suit and I walked up to the interview I applied for the position When the whole thing finally happened They flew me out to Buffalo, New York The terms were much different than what we first discussed But I was grateful for the work Deanna was the girl that used to ride around and wait in the car The gig was pretty good, they just always need to know where you are They gifted me a CRV and a decent place to live A pistol and a nickname I'm the Amarillo Kish You are listening to Holy Commutes for Monday, October 10th, 2022. Holy Commutes is the only daily morning podcast dedicated to all things with I'm Paul Cook, joined by my brother Tim, here for our second Monday episode of the October 2022 season. Last week, we covered generally what we're looking forward to at the uh, United Wiffle Ball 2022 World Championship coming up this weekend, October 14th through the 16th at People's Bank Park in York, Pennsylvania. Tonight, we'll be going a little more detail about a, uh, a handful of things that we want to discuss, really specific to the teams and the tournament play itself. Um, this is a, a really eclectic field. Um, I think Tom Gannon, uh, on his Thursday podcast on Holy Commutes, really, really sort of nailed it, as, as Tom Gannon always does. Um, when he sort of described the field as, you know, there's 10 teams that can, you know, that can legitimately win this, that you can, you know, you're not going to be shocked if they win this. There's kind of 20 middle teams that could beat anyone early, could make a run. Um, you don't necessarily expect them to, but they could do that. They got the potential. And then 10 teams that, you know, are, are, are kind of middle of, um, of, of the pack. And I, I think the only quibble I take with that is I think those last 10 teams could probably be broken down into like two or three different iterations. But the point of that being is this is a very sort of diverse, full field. It's kind of, you know, what you want from the national championship tournament. Yeah, no, it's it, it's. <laughs> I think you used the right word, eclectic. Um, you know, it's a very diverse field, and like, yeah, there's there's a lot of teams, and we'll talk about these. 
you know, a little bit later. But yeah, there, there's a, a bunch of different, you know, paths a lot of teams can take. And, you know, it'll it'll be very interesting to see what happens. All right, so let's dive right in and start exactly where you need to start, and that's always the defending champions. The Juggernauts went 7-0 in 2021 to win the national title. Um, they piggybacked a, a middle, they had a middle, middle Atlantic title, and they piggybacked the national title after that. This year, if it's possible, they were even better during the regular season. They won five out of seven tournaments, middle Atlantic tournaments they entered. That's including postseason. Um they won uh, four regular season tournaments and the Nash in the uh, mid Atlantic championship tournament. They're firing on all cylinders. They've added Ray Lutick to their roster this year. Last year they won as their core four with uh, Sarda, with Red, Stan, and Miguel Rafts. This year they got Ray Lutick, who was, you know, all um, all tournament team last year from the Lemonheads. Um, what are their odds of repeating, Tim? Like, you know, break that down for me. It's, it's tough to repeat. Can they do it? Yeah, I mean, that was the first thing I was going to say was, you know, it, it's really, really hard to repeat. That said, um, you know, they've they've got all the tools to do it. They, you know, have kept getting better. You know, they didn't rest on their laurels this year and say, yeah, you know what, we're going to half-ass this and, you know, uh, just see what happens. You know, we're just going to, you know, they said, you know, no. We're going to we're going to get better at what we weren't good at or we're going to get better at what needed improve from last year. We're going to, you know, make sure we put in the effort in both the offseason and the regular season to, you know, make sure that happens. So, and, you know, that that leads them here. So, so how did it better this year? You know, I, I you know, it, it's like the beginning of this answer it's tough to repeat in anything and you know they came out and you know they won maw opening day and you can say ah you know all right we you know we did that we're qualified you know we're we're into the championship now because that was a open qualifier you know let's just see what the regular season brings us let's not try to get hurt and let's just go at it instead they, you know, they took what <laughs> the they took a few small things and made them even better. Ryan McElrath, uh, you know, changed uh, the ball he was using, and it's only made him, you know, an even scarier pitcher. Um, you know, his last four games, he has four perfect games. You know, that's that's incredible. You know, they keep hitting. Uh, Red is, you know, throwing harder than ever. Uh, Tim continues to hit. I, you know, it's it, it's crazy. You know, with Ray there as a, you know, as a top of the line pitcher that they can use really as their third guy. You know, that's pretty scary. And, you know, I like I don't I don't know what the percentage is, but like. I definitely say it's over 50, 50 that they can repeat. And, um, you know, it, 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 it probably in terms of, you know, in terms of the last 10 years of, you know, fast pitch tournaments, you know, it's it def, and definitely in the last six years, I think, you know, they're, they make the most sense as, Hey, this team is, you know, can come back and do it all over again. Yeah, so I, I I agree with a lot of what you said there, and like, um, 
So in terms of percentages, like right before you said that, what I was going to say is like, I, I would never, I'm kind of risk adverse. So this kind of plays into that, but like, I would never say that it's over 50, 50 for a, a team to repeat. So I would probably go 50, 50 for them. That's probably the highest I would go for any team just to repeat. Cause it, it is so, especially in this one, this is 40 teams. This isn't 16 teams. This isn't 15 teams. This is 40 teams. It's very, very tough to repeat. Um, so I think the highest you can go, you know, there's so many good teams in this tournament. So like, the highest I can go is 50-50, but I would put the juggernauts at that 50-50. I think adding Ray is huge. They did it last year without Ray, but now they've got another, you know, good pitcher they can get deeper into it. To your point about how they, you know, address their um, deficiencies this year, like, yeah, I, I, that's why I asked you, because like, to me, like, they didn't have any obvious deficiencies. They just sort of, they strengthened their strengths, I guess, if that kind of makes sense. Like, Ryan already started throwing that other ball last year he's only gotten better with it. He hasn't allowed a run or a hit or whatever. And what are we on now? Like four or five games or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going back to the semifinals in August um, in ocean city. Yeah. So I mean, that's just, that's just ridiculous. You know, Tim has continued to be Tim. Like you said, Red's, you know, uh, uh, you know, thrown as hard and as well as he ever has. Stance has, you know, gotten a little bit, you know, Sarah was already a very high level. I think he's even a better hitter this year. And then they had Ray. So like, you know, yeah, like it's, it's going to be tough. Like I, I wouldn't put, I, I wouldn't place like a big bet on it just because there, again, there's so many good teams in this tournament that, you know, can win this whole thing, but they're, they're well positioned for it. And anyone that beats them should feel proud. They've played a whole season. They're worn down and they're still the team to beat. And I don't know when the last time is that we could have said that, you know? Yeah, no. And like the, the whole thing too is, yeah. And I, I was, I was going to say, I was going to mention the whole thing of, you know, yeah, they, they probably are, you know, worn down, um, you know, from a full season, but I also think that there are intangibles that, you know, that aren't on the stat line and aren't on there where you're battle tested, you're ready to go. And I do agree, you know, um, you know, it, if a team is able to beat them, you know, that is a, you know, that's a huge accomplishment and, um, you know, it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Like, you know, that's why we, we don't play these games on paper. We right. play them out on the field and that's, you know, in a little less than, you know, six days, we'll see that. Yep, no, exactly. That's that, that's the excitement of this tournament. Like like Gannon said in his podcast, uh, you know, that's the great thing about this tournament. Or it wasn't it wasn't Gannon actually. It was um, I think it may have been Sean on the Stompers podcast that said, you know, like, like anyone can win this. Um, yeah, and you know, the juggernauts got to got they yeah they they got to compete with that, and they're they're up to the challenge, and it'll just be interesting to see how it plays out. So, speaking of former champions, there's four other former champions in this field: the usual suspects, 2020 champions, C4, 2017 through 2019, 603, 2008, and then draft tournament 2009. So I'm sorry, there's five champions: Black Dog Country Club draft tournament in 2016, and the Phenoms 2009. Of those five teams, suspects C four six zero three Black Dog and Phenoms. Who who do you think has the best chance of winning it again this year? Um, that's a good question. I, I like I'd say it comes down to two teams for me. Um, I think first Phenoms. Um, you know they are you know one swing away from you know advancing to the final four and the and to the championship, both the last two years. You know, the finals, the priority. 
yeah, you know, just it, it, it really is just, you know, like one swing away. I also think that Black Dog is much improved with Brian DiNapoli this year. I think he's a difference maker, and I think he makes that team way better than it was last year. Um, so it, it, those those would be my those would be my two. I you know again it, like we talked about in the first uh, question of this podcast. Honestly, any of those five, yeah. you know, could repeat. It's not a, um, it, it's, you know, there isn't a, there is definitely not a, oh, this team definitely won't, you know, repeat. So that, that would be my answer. You know, I mean, and my response is boring, but it's basically, yeah, exactly the same as yours. Those would have been my two that I, I would have put, I think on paper, Black Dog and Phenoms, um, you know, they're both incredibly deep. Um, and just, you know, just it's right there and right there every year and they expect to be there and all that's big. Um, but like you said, I think, you know, I, I think all five of those, um, you know, can do it. I, I think, you know, the usual suspects, like they were, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do this year because like, you know, I would say in 2020, they um, obviously they exceed, you know, they exceeded expectations and, you know, Lanigan has talked about this, how Tim Dean said on his prediction podcast and he doesn't, you know, he just doesn't think they're going to do well. And then, you know, they won the whole thing went seven and one and uh, Lanigan doesn't let him forget that. Um, and, and then last year, I think they, you know, they just, it was just, it was just that one game, but you can have that one game during they, they ran into the lemon heads who were just, you know, who were determined and they were going to do it. And like, those were good, good veteran hitters that they, you know, I, I don't even think they took too lightly, but they just, you know, Tim Beck got some hits and styles got some hits and they just, they just made it work. Um, I kind of feel like they're in the middle tournament between those two this year, but I still think they're going to play well. See four, you can't bet against, you know, if, if those guys get rolling, you know, it's, you know, it, it, it's tough. Um and then who's the fifth team that we mentioned here? Six, oh, and six oh three. So like six oh three, I almost put like, and this isn't like talent wise. I think six oh three is as good or better than a lot of those teams. Their current roster. Um, it's just you always have to hedge your bets with your first year of a current roster. You know what I mean? They got a lot of young guys. This this may just be sort of their tournament, and next year maybe their thing. But yeah, they, but they could also, you never know. Sometimes, uh, sometimes everything comes a year early. They can make a run and just go the whole thing. So, uh, lots of interesting storylines there. That's that's just six teams right off the bat that could win this, and there's probably a handful or half dozen more too. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, like along those same lines, and you know, we've we've mentioned it for all three questions, so we might as well mention it again. Uh, you know, Tom Gannon mentioned um, on his podcast on Thursday how he kind of thinks with the Stompers. There's 10 teams that could win this 20 middle ground teams and then 10 um, bottom teams. And you can, you can play around with those numbers. It's, you know, it, it, your mileage may vary on those, but of like those middle ground teams, however many there may be, Tim, give me one team that you think can make a run of those sort of like, you know, middle of the pack teams that can make a run and then tell me how, how far you think their ceiling is. Um, okay. So I, I think, I've got two. I'll give, uh, but I'll only give one. Then we'll go to you, and if you don't, the other one. So you know, I, I think my pick for this would be the Risers. Um, it's a new look team this year. It's Cap, Jerry, Chris, uh, Potter, and Bull. Um, you know, Bull gives them more the most pitching depth they've had. You know, since they've been playing. Um, 
in United Whiffle. Um, they're able to, you know, slot different things. Cap's a lefty, Chris is a righty. You know, you can you can play with a bunch of different, you know, formulas to try to get through games where you don't necessarily just have to use one pitcher. They've got, you know, enough firepower that in Potter and Cap, you know, with Jerry always being, you know, right there as well to you know, give them enough production. I think they have enough run prevention that, you know, they only need to squeak out a little bit. Potter has been on a tear the last couple months. So, you know, I, I think I, like I had the other team that I have, and if we talk about them, I'll, I'll go into this a little bit more, I think has a little bit of a higher ceiling. Um, but I definitely think these guys can get through to the 16. Um, and I think they're, you know, I, I think if they got any farther than the quarterfinals, you know, it's just a, you know, that's just a tremendous outing from these guys. And they will have, you know, knocked a bunch of quality teams off along the way. Yeah, that's that, that's definitely a great answer. That's that's one of the teams I considered. The one I'm going to go with for, my, for mine is the Circle City Skull Crushers. Um and so, so a few things here. So yeah, like first of all, I think it's argue, I think you could argue them in sort of like the top 10 teams of like, okay, this is, you know, this is a team that can definitely win this. The uh and I and you know, and, and I could I could make that argument, and I think I could make a pretty convincing argument of it. But I think, you know, since they haven't, you know, last let's face it, last year they went 0-3, right? In this tournament. So like I think those guys would say to themselves too, oh yeah, we shouldn't be in that conversation yet. You know, they won the NWA tournaments and they looked like a, um, you know, they just, they, they were just dominant in winning the NWA tournament. And um, so, like, I don't want to say they're a different team, but like they have that confidence. Like, and that's a big thing for me now is they have that confidence. You and I know this, Tim. We won our first tournament and then we ended up winning, you know, two out of the next three and ended up finishing six in the country. And we've literally never won a tournament in four years. Right. It's like yeah. once you get that momentum running, it starts going. These guys, these guys had more momentum you know, than that before this, but they won the end of the tournament. You know, they looked great doing it. I think they got their feet wet last year, which is huge. That's kind of what I was saying with like 603's roster this year. Obviously, all those guys played last year, but it's still a new team, a new roster. You kind of have to get your feet wet again. These guys got their feet wet. They've got their momentum. Um, you know, Reed Warner is legit. He throws as hard as anyone. Um, he's been, you know, he's been working on scuff stuff for a year. You know, he's got his unscuffed stuff down. He was just unhittable in NWA tournament. So was Will Smithy. Will Smithy is probably coming into this tournament, you know, if you look at the actual performance on the field, which is the only thing you can look at in terms of evaluating yeah. players, he's one of the top 10 players of 2022. And like, I don't care if you haven't heard of him. That's just, you know, that's just facts. Um, and I don't want to put any more pressure on him, but like, that's how good he's been. And he got his feet wet last year. You know, he's going to be good. Um, they just have a really, really good team. And that, that's kind of my team. And I, I, I kind of, in the other thing they got going for him is their use because of their NWA tournament experience. They kind of go into the NWA tournament team teams, I think, more than sort of like the legacy teams. Um, view pitching back to back days as not an issue. You know, you just cut, you kind of do that if you have to do that. And I think that's a mentality they bring. So you said, you know, new school risers kind of, you know, like maybe they can make the final 16. And if they make it to Sunday, like if I heard you right, it's kind of like they probably won't make it further, but like, you know, they would have had, had a good tournament. I think, I think Circle City, 
could get to the semifinals this year. If, you know, if, if thing again, it's about who you get, it's about how you play and all that. I don't want to put too much pressure on them, but like, I really think they have that talent. So what yep, you said, no, I, I totally agree. My, so yeah, my honorable mention is uh, way too beautiful and it's for uh, two main reasons. One, um, you know, you had skip, have a his first you know really full full season in a long time and only looked better and better as the year went on um both on the mound and hitting wise milstead is a you know is a is a tremendous hitter and then you bring in you know the skibbies from st louis who give them a different look in that you know again depending on how you, how they deploy their pitching and stuff, there's a lot of different options. And if, you know, a team hasn't seen Gus or Sam, you know, that could be a detriment. Whereas, you know, you can hold skip back. So like there's, you know, again, I'd say, but I, I put them on the same thing as the risers. You know, I think, I think 16 is, you know, is, you know, a, you know, not a definite, but, you know, is, is, is up there. And I think, you know, I think a quarterfinal appearance, you know, would not, you know, surprise me at all. Um, and I, I do think they've, they've got the hitting. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where that goes, but I, I agree of those three teams. I, I, I do think that circle city probably has the highest ceiling, um, you know, and as you know, it was acknowledged before, you know, they probably also have the lowest floor just based on, you know, last year's performance. So like, it's a, you know, it's a pretty rangy area and that's, I, but I think that makes it all the much funner to, you know, dream on, you know, that's, you know, it, it, it makes sense that, oh yeah, I could see them in the final four. I could also see them, you know, having a little bit of trouble. It, 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 it just really depends But any of those teams get on a good roll, you know, uh, they will be trouble and they'll be looked at as much, much, uh, <laughs> they'll be looked at in, in terms of competition is much harder than you would look at, you know, a generally middle, you know, 20 team yeah. in this tournament. No, I, I, I think that's totally fair of your circle city assessment there and, and way too beautiful is a great call there. And that, that again, that, and you, you, you said this at the end, that just speaks to the quality of this tournament that like, there is just, you know, there, there is just so much and so much of it relies on the draw. Um, you know, there, there, there are so many teams that could make a run that could go far and you just, you just don't know. It's uh, it doesn't mean people failed if they don't play well. Cause again, this is one tournament. Like that's the whole thing. And we, you and I say this all the time. It's one tournament. It's hard to sort of put everything down to one tournament that, it, you know, that is what it is. And um, it's cool that there's so many that could, you know, potentially win it or go far. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, you even add a little bit more toughness when it's just one tournament and it's just complete open draw. Like, you know, it's, a, you know, you just, you just don't know who's yeah. going to in, in your brackets and, you know, you've got to have, you got to have good luck to win any tournament, but, you know, you almost have to have a little bit, you know, more good luck here just because you just never know how that's going to land. Exactly. Um, so God. Yeah. So, uh, this year, you know, as we talked about last year and we uh, last week and we've talked about, you know, uh, a little bit before on some other episodes, 
be doing the first uh, MLW Invitational Under 17 tournament. So, um, you know, we have we have the teams. There's going to be seven teams from six states. Is that right? Or is it seven states? I think it's five states because I think there's two PA. But uh, I think there's two keep, PA. Keep, keep, keep going. Yeah. I'll look it up. So um, we've, that field is set. They will start on um, Saturday afternoon. There'll be two pool play games to determine seeding. And then on Sunday, it'll be single elimination. The one seed will get a buy. So two, seven, three, six, and four, five. And um, the winner of that single elimination will be the first under 17 national champion. Um, so what are you looking for? Um, out of this tournament, you know, I know we we've talked a lot about how excited we are, but you know, now that we've got the teams and stuff, you know, what sticks out to you? So yeah, so like uh, uh, before I get into like my thoughts, there a little bit, my math was off. So yeah, like there are two PA teams, but yeah, six six states, um, six different states represented. PA is the only um, the only repeat state. There's Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, New Jersey, Arizona, and then two PA teams. So yeah, it's so like I'm really, really excited for this. Um, I, I kind of love that it ended up on seven teams here um, because that makes this is going to, like you said, Tim, this is going to be under the normal MLW tournament format. With for those who are unfamiliar, that means everyone's going to play two round robin games randomly drawn on Saturday. They're going to be seated. Uh, every every team's going to make the Sunday single elimination. Every um, and they're gonna be you know they're gonna be seated by how they finish you know there's tiebreakers involved and all that stuff. But what's cool about the seven teams is the the top team after Saturday's two game pool play will receive a bye. The others will play in that first round. So that you know if you compare it to eight teams, that pool play wouldn't really matter. The fact that it's seven, it really really matters now. So those Saturday games and they're gonna start late in the afternoon. They're gonna start like three to four. Um, playing their games. There's going to be, you know, a few games under the lights. They're going to play some games under twilight. That's going to be really cool for these kids. And that's really going to matter. You know, like you really want that number one seed. You don't want to have to play that first round. Um, you certainly don't want to end up having to play that first team, you know, too. So I think it's going to be a really good atmosphere. So like to answer your question, um, there's a lot of good teams in here, right? Like we've got the MLW rising stars, all five of these guys have played are playing currently in MLW. This is the cream of the crop. Um, they won the, or no, I'm sorry. They finished runner up in the um, 16 plus division at Wiffle in the mid in the, this year, just to the MLW all stars, um, you know, really good guys on this roster. The Flamingos from Wisconsin, they did a clean sleep of both of the Midwest um, MLW tournaments this year in the 13 to 15 division. They won both Wiffle in the Midden and um, uh, Midwest Slugfest in Pierre, uh, Peoria, Illinois. So those two teams, the first teams I read, I think those are probably your favorites. If you're, you know, if you're handicapping this, you know, one of those teams is going to win. You've got the best of the MLW young guys from their league, and you've got the best MLW tournament team in the 13 to 15 division. But of course the wild card is like, maybe those guys play in the first round, you know, of the elimination yeah. tournament on Sunday. And one of them is going to lose. Like you can't look at that as the final that may not get to the final. Like that's, again, that's why Saturday is so important. I think those two teams are the cream of the crop. Like there's, there's good teams up and down here. Ohio elite wiffle ball. Uh, got eliminated by the Flamingos in the semifinal. And I should mention the Flamingos, they did not allow a run 
in four in four games in bracket play to look in the men in tournament. They just they just stomped over their competition. And there was no one nothing games in there, no two nothing games, no three nothing games. They blew out their <laughs> their opponents and they um didn't allow a run. So uh, really good team there. It's like, you know, highly football losing to them doesn't say anything. Maybe again, maybe the Flamingos and the rising stars play in the semifinals and the rising stars beat the Flamingos or the Flamingos spend all their energy beating the rising stars and Ohio league football makes it to the finals. You know, it's a little bit different for them. Uh, we've got the RV Ravs who, who we know Tim from um, New Jersey who played in uh, the Staten Island MAW tournament competing against, you know, teams much, much older than much more experienced than them almost beat the long balls in the first game, made the long balls make a pitching change. They weren't throwing strikes. Those guys weren't taking it and they weren't getting, you know, their pitcher was pitching well. Um, those guys are really, really interesting to me. What did they say to you, Tim, when you talked to them about the MLW tour to tell, tell that story? Oh yeah. So I, you know, I went up to them. I don't think they were done for the day yet, um, but they had probably played. Did we play four games that day? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, so they, they had played two or three and I went up to them. And so I was talking about the under 17 tournament and, you know, they almost, uh, you know, they didn't, they got, uh, you know, a little bit offended that, oh, you know, well, you know, under 17, you know, we're here playing with all these guys right now. Why wouldn't we play in the main one? And it was, yeah, it, it was, it was a nice promise of, you know, of confidence and, you know, competitor that, you know, you like to see in, you know, anyone, but nonetheless, you know, younger guys who are just getting their feet wet and, you know, it wasn't said in a, in a cocky way, it was said in that confidence, you know, Hey, I want to go out there and compete way. And, you know, it, it, that obviously, you know, stuck out to me to where I, you know, uh, <laughs> remembered it right away and, you know, passed that along and, um, yeah, they're, you know, they're obviously ready to go. Yeah. And like you said, it was, it was complete, co- it, was, it was just confidence and, you know, and, and, and they said that even after going, you know, even after, yeah, like they, they, they weren't winning games, but like, and then they, you know, but they, they know, they know their talents and it was evidence to us. Like we were like, okay, yeah. Like these, these guys can pitch, they know the strike zone. This is a team that can compete. So we got the BLW all-stars from Arizona um, who played in the 16 plus division uh, back in January at MLW's Arizona tournament. These are the guys that run, um, they run the minor leagues. They run a tournament a couple, I think three weeks after us this year, it's the last weekend of October in Arizona. It's their third year running it. Uh, just like us, they started in 2020 running this tournament called it's called the West coast classic out there in Arizona. So we're out there um, throughout in the West coast, or if you just want to take a trip out in late October, get away from the cold, um, you know, hit that tournament up. These kids run it They're you know, they're under 17 and they've been running a stadium for two years. So that's really, really awesome. And then yeah, two PA teams that I, I just to be honest, I, I know far less about the PA Colonials. I know they competed in, I believe, Midwest Slugfest this year for MLW, and then HWBL at a PA, um, rounding it out. Um, but I, I know we know all these teams are excited, and there's, there's going to be good games. And you know, again, like that that sort of having to play those back to back days and having that Saturday round robin really sort of count. Um, you know, if, you know, any team that goes to 2-0 and Saturday has a chance of getting that number one seed. And then, you know, and then you just never know. That's if you follow MLW tournaments uh, like I do, especially the youth divisions, it's 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 a crapshoot. And I mean, in a good way, it's not a crapshoot. Like it's not luckiness. It's just like everyone is sort of, you know, on the same level and anyone can get hot. And like 
there are some favorites in this tournament. We, you know, the, the Flamingos and the MLW rising stars, but like, I, I, I really think you could put your money on all these seven teams. And it's going to be really cool to watch them both on Saturday and twilight and then under the lights and then Sunday, they're going to wrap up about the same time. The finals should start about the same time as the uh, semifinals of the main tournament. Um, so, you know, definitely check that out. This is going to be really cool. This is the first ever U17 national championship. There's been some youth divisions and national championships before, but this is the first true, true national championship tournament. And it's with MLW and that couldn't be cooler. So like definitely give those guys a watch. Yeah. And, you know, as, as we know, as, you know, historians and just observers of everything, um, you know, you need, and I, we've mentioned this before, but you need to keep filtering in young talent in order to keep the game growing and keep it moving. You can clearly look back and see the times where there wasn't that young talent is when things, you know, could come to a halt in the past. And we think that this is, you know, the first of, you know, many U17 national championships to come in the future. And, you know, again, like you said, working with MLW, you know, those guys are pros. They, you know, they've been an absolute pleasure to work with and they, they know what they're doing. And this, 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 all this means is, you know, this is the only good thing. Only good things can come out of this for both this tournament and for the future health of this game. No, totally agree. I, this it's it's incredible. Along with like we talked about back in July, July, um, <laughs> uh, when, when we did our first podcast on UWIFs, um, along with the Wiffle Tigers, that's this is the thing I'm most excited for. Not that I'm not excited for the main tournament. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, we just spent the first three questions talking about how excited we are for that tournament. Um, but I'm really looking forward to this. This is going to be really cool and really fun. Yeah. Um, so we had a fifth question. We'll skip that because we're a little over time here. And I want to make sure that we give adequate time to everything we need to mention here. This is going to be a busy week coming up, um, you know, for all of us um, and just, you know, a lot of stuff going on. So a bunch of stuff we want to draw your attention to. So first of all, there'll be a captain's email coming out this week. Um, that's in lieu of the captain's call that we've had the last couple of years um, you know, a lot of the teams are repeat teams. Um, a lot of the, you know, and the teams that are new, I think they've seen this tournament now. They could, they, they can probably, you know, they can probably guess the kind of important stuff to go others over. So we're just going to condense all of that into an email. I think last year we, I think last year we had an email. We also had a captain's call this year. There's just been an email. So look for that over the next few days. That'll tell you everything you need to know. It'll give you contact information for the different people you should contact, depending on what your question is. Um, so again, look for that. Captains look for that in their email box um, coming up here shortly. Um, in uh, adjacent to that is there'll be a podcast on the rules um, hosted by Danny Lanigan and a couple of others who are heavily involved in our rule committee. Um, I, I don't want to speak out of term, but there's no major rule change. I, I don't think there's really any rule changes that haven't been previously communicated. The biggest one that we previously communicated was all teams need to play four players at all times. Um, you need to have those three fielders. If you have, if you, you can't play, you can't play a pitcher and two fielders in DH. You got to play all four. Again, that's just to get more people involved. That's good. Basically, what would you say, Tim? 90% of the rosters have have five players this year. 
Yeah, let me just clarify. If you want a DH, you've got to play. You've 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 got to have the yeah the four in that. I just want to yeah, but yeah, that at ninety maybe even higher than ninety percent are already doing that. Um, so that's not a yeah shouldn't be an issue. I think the only was there. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that there was anything else that even you know remotely changed, but. Um, but, 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 but listen to the podcast. Cause they'll go over that. We're not, we're not completely dialed into that, but you know, um, that's, that, that's, yeah, that's, uh, what we believe is the case. But yeah. Please listen to that podcast. That's very, very important. And I, you know, obviously there'll be a full world book out. The world book's been, evi- been revised, I think heavily, but not based on rules, just based on streamlining it to make it easier to understand. But listen to that podcast afterwards, read the updated rule book, make sure you come prepared. You know, no one needs to worry. I, I don't think there's no, you know, there's no major revisions. It's just make sure a lot of first, you know, there's 10 plus first time teams in this field. Make sure you read and make sure you understand um, how that, how that goes. And again, yeah, to your point, Tim, just to completely, completely reiterate, you have to play four players. You can't play a three player roster. So that means you have to play three players in the field um, and the pitcher So four players in the field, the pitcher, and then three fielders. You can't, if you, you can't play three players at all. So you can't DH, you can't play three players in DH for someone that's not happening. Um, there's too much talent to not have the, not have everyone out there playing. This isn't the 2010s anymore. You know, this is the reality we're living in now and everyone should be playing. Um, so yeah, look for that, that role podcast. Um, immediately, you know, you're going to be listening to this Monday morning. We've got the, uh, the prelim draw for the contenders brackets Monday night at 8 30 PM on Facebook. That'll be hosted by, uh, Anthony food, man, Dioria and, uh, Tim Dean, um, and, and maybe some, uh, maybe some other guests, but we'll, uh, that'll be the, the draw for uh, the contenders brackets. That'll show you your first round matchups. Again, the way this format works is it, it's, it's been the same the last two years, um, you know, f- for the prelim games, it's uh, your matchup by teams of the same record. So everyone, everyone just randomly drawn zero, zero, you lose your first game. You play another own one team. You lose your second game. You play another own two team. You win your first game. You play a one and O team. You lose your second game. Then you're going to play another one and one team. And everybody except the five teams out of the 40 teams that go zero and three continue on, get a fourth game. So um, lots of opportunity there. So look for that eight, again, eight 30 PM on the United Wiffle Ball Facebook um page and then i'm sure those you know there's gonna be other announcements and stuff throughout the week so look forward to those as well um but i think those are the big things Did i miss anything there tim nope you're the, that's right uh home run derby will have already closed by the time you hear this if for some reason you haven't entered and you can text me before tomorrow afternoon i could probably still get you in but um, that's looking like that'll be a great event um, as well with everything else that comes with Friday Night Fan Fest. Yep, that's pretty much it. Um, you know, just look for more stuff this week. I and mean, yeah, we, we're very, very excited to see everyone Friday. Friday is always a great time. You know, this weekend should be great and cross our fingers. Um, you know, right now, Saturday looks like the, you know, the picture perfect uh, fall day. Um, highs in the uh the low to mid 60s and sun all day which is you know exactly exactly what you want for postseason wiffle ball so it's just going to be you know hopefully hopefully that holds and it'll just be gorgeous out there and we're, we're certainly doing gorgeous uh one gorgeous day here 
um, during the tournament. So, but yeah, we're it's really, really excited. Looking forward to seeing everyone. Um, read that captain's email, share it with your teammates, uh, you know, watch the draw and look for any other information we put out. And uh, this should be another great one. So that's all for us today. Again, tune in tonight, 8.30 p.m. on Facebook, on the United Wiffle Ball Facebook page. We will have the live draw for the Cleveland Games. That's 8.30 p.m. Eastern time um, for those in uh, other time zones. And then Tim Dean will be in tomorrow with his show here on the Holy Commutes podcast. And we'll see everyone next week with a wrap-up of this game. See you then.